0: Nobody starts out confident. You start with your legs shaking. You start thinking, oh my God, who am I to do this? I can't believe, you know, they're going to invest in me when I'm like 22 years old. What am I going to say to them? That's going to be of any benefit, right? So I had to go through that period of everything being awkward, right? Assalamualaikum. Hello, this is Your Truth Is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Nathera Razak. I am a wife. A mother, a seeker, and a life and business coach. This podcast is about tuning in to that small, quiet voice within that urges you to really follow your soul's calling. And this podcast aims to bring you solo episodes and interviews with other special humans who have followed this calling, no matter how out of the box it may have been. We'll share stories about how God's grace is working through their lives and how they had the courage to really put one foot in front of the other and build a life that is fulfilling meaningful and filled with a sense of play and wonder. I started this podcast because I was at a point in my life where I'd achieved what I wanted to achieve as a coach, yet something still felt missing. I knew I wanted to feel utterly and truly alive and connected to other beautiful human beings. This podcast helps you navigate this quest where you feel like you've arrived and now there's a whisper that this isn't it. There's chaos again and you have to start over. So this is about new beginnings pivots and finding those breadcrumbs of delight and surprise along life's journey. And I hope that you will tune in, whether it's on your walk, on your drives, going to the gym, however it is that you listen to this podcast, I hope it sparks something in you so that you get the courage to just go for your dreams, to trust those moments of insight and alignment so you can take action on the things that matter to you. I hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and keep in touch with me about the things that are on your heart so we can have a conversation about navigating this beautiful thing called being a human as Alaikum everybody. This is your host, Nadira Razak of the Your Truth is Calling podcast. So last week in episode 15, we talked about this in-between phase where you can't exactly see the future and you know that what your current reality is um, experiencing, what you're experiencing in your current reality doesn't quite float your boat, but you're not on the other side yet, right? And there's this discomfort. And I said that you know, that's a really great place for a lot of spiritual growth to happen and a, a lot of growth, quite frank, frankly, in a lot of areas um, when you just take that first step and then, the, you know, the next step reveals itself. But what I didn't cover last week was well, where does money and prosperity fit into all of this and how do we bring that into the conversation? Because what I find with a lot of clients are people that I talk to is the main reason we don't make that shift um, to change our circumstance is this whole worry about money, right? Because we've been conditioned to believe that um, if we're not working nine to five or um, somehow, you know, going and raking it in, uh, we're just not going to make it, right? And there's a lot of fear around money. So the whole conversation about you can do what you love, and you know, be successful, and you can sustain a living doing what you love. Those conversations haven't been part of the rhetoric growing up, right? So, if your family is not used to that sort of a lifestyle, or um, can only see that the way to make this work is you go and work for someone else, have a steady paycheck, and That's what success means and that's what everybody else has to do. So what are you complaining about, right? So if that's who we hang out with, it's really hard to try and break out of that. And the biggest way you kind of break out of that is to hang out with people who are making a living doing what they love, who are putting their passions out there and getting paid for it. Now, I saw my dad go to work, um, you know, he ran a leather manufacturing company. So, you know, he would go really early in the morning, like 7:30. I mean, our schools used to start really early in Sri Lanka. So, I would get picked up by a school van at like 10 past 7 and school would start at 7:30. Um, and so we would come back around lunchtime, like I think it was like one thirty when we got back. And usually my dad was home at that time, you know, having a little siesta. He would have lunch at home and then he would continue working a little bit, like just on the phone, just managing things. So I saw my dad having that balance in terms of work. Like I didn't see him come back at six in the evening or anything like that. So I had that um, sort of upbringing and I saw the freedom that it gave us like to travel when we needed to. And I've, you know, followed my dad around like when he used to go to different countries for trade shows. And, you know, he would, our bags would be packed with like leather samples (laughs) to um, take to those trade shows. And I think I was like seven or eight. We were in New York and then Germany. Um, And my sister was like, you know, 10 years older than me. So I've experienced business and trade in terms of being the observer, right? And nobody ever asked me, hey, Nadara, like, do you want to like take over the business or anything like that? It wasn't even offered. It just wasn't a thing. It's like, if you weren't a boy, I don't think you were offered <laughs> anything to do with the business. So it was my dad's brothers and everybody who had um, control and ownership and, and a say in that. So if you were anywhere, um, academically able, like people would just encourage you to go into medicine. Now, I am glad that when I graduated, there was a little, um, sliver of an opening in this hospital to go and shadow doctors and occupational therapists and, uh, different uh, roles in the hospital, like what a radiographer did and all of that. And I just knew that The environment of a hospital was just not me. So before I invested and made that decision to go into medicine um, or invest time and energy into that, I just knew that it wasn't for me. What was for me was people and uh, the human experience and learning about human behavior, like that stuff. I would be reading constantly and I loved accelerated learning and NLP and all of that. And when I was 11 years old, I was exposed to all of that being in Sri Lanka, it was like literally right down my road. There was a professor offering a, a class. And I remember I was there for the whole day and it just felt like it was it just got started. Like I could be there for hours because I was passionate about it. Right. So for me, it's all about enthusiasm and passion. And now what's this, like, how do you, how do you get paid for your passions? How do you get paid for that enthusiasm? Right. Um, For me, it happened really early, like when I was 22 years old, I had already like finished a Bachelor of Commerce. I didn't get a graduate job. I was an international student living in Melbourne and I don't think I actually qualified for most positions in government and things like that. It was usually the local students um, that had quotas for those things. So I kind of had a very backdoor kind of experience with careers. I was just working, you know, casual jobs in retail and hospitality and then did some internships and temping, you know, in uh, recruitment and things like that. Um, But the, the one thing that stood out to me was working on the Telstra Business Women's Awards and getting to go through portfolios of women who ran their own businesses and seeing how successful they were and seeing how much they contributed to their communities And I felt like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm getting paid to do this. Like, I was literally getting paid to get on the phone and have reference checks. And I, you know, talked with people like Terry Irwin and um, who's the lady? Oh, Janine Ellis, who, you know, uh, founded Boost Juice because her CEO um, had been nominated for an award back then. Um, So it was like, oh my gosh, I had this sliver into their world, right? And to see reference checks for all these women who were nominated... Uh, so i knew that being in business and in that arena was my thing so that became my niche so when i got into life coaching and again it was just offered a life coaching track was offered uh, at an end of this seminar that i went to which was a personal development seminar and everything in me said yes right so you know i invested like 6 grand at the time and went to sydney for 10 days and i had a coach for a year to help me know what it's like to be coached because I got to be the client, and that you know, coach would meet me at like the pancake parlor in my local um, shopping center because she was local to me. Um, and at the time, I was just literally putting in my assignments for the coaching um, certification. And uh, just kind of working on personal stuff. But most of my experience came from investing in other coaches who I looked up to, who had businesses, and um, who I just felt very, very seen by. Um, and that, that's how I grew legs with this thing, right? Because like nobody starts out confident. You start with your legs shaking. You start thinking, oh my God, who am I to do this? I can't believe... You know, they're going to invest in me when I'm like 22 years old. What am I going to say to them? That's going to be of any benefit, right? So I had to go through that period of everything being awkward, right? Somehow, everybody wants to skip that step. Everybody wants to skip that step of being a beginner and feeling all the feelings, right? And you just have to go through it. You just have to be willing to be uncomfortable, embarrassed sometimes. Oh my gosh, I remember my coach setting me this assignment uh, to put myself out there. And at the time I thought, oh, I was a self-love coach and um, like helping people love themselves and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I cringed because I was at a point when I was in my 20s, very much self-hating and really not having that down pat. So for me to even say that I did that just felt like, such a lie (laughs) so I remember um I so I was working in a telemarketing position for a business coach getting him clients because at least that was in the arena of coaching right so I had finished off my retail job my hospitality jobs um all the other temping jobs I then had a permanent job at Box Hill TAFE uh doing their administration for you know, all these adult learning courses. Um, so I left that job to get this much more unstable job, meaning it was like only 20 hours a week instead of like a full-time gig. Um, obviously, I wasn't getting superannuation. It was just like a, here you go. This is like your day rate. Um, and the, the reason I took it was again, like a coach telling me, You need to get with the people that who might become your clients so that you know what it's like, like, you know what they're going through. So guess what? I trained for like two and a half years, being on the phone with business owners, having like about 40 cold calls a day. What do you think I got really good at? Listening to problems that business owners were having, business owners with teams. And then I would say, hey, I think we can help you. Um, Why don't you come to this workshop that this business coach was doing? And I would have to sell them tickets, right? That was my job. So whilst I was working there, I had invested really heavily, I think it was like two grand a month, it was like a little mini mortgage, right, um, in coaching. And at the time, everything was high end, like that was who I was exposed to. And so I I barely had any money to just spend on anything outside of the basics. I think if it was a treat, it was just like a hot chocolate, maybe once in two weeks. But everything went towards building that career and getting the coaching. So my coach I remember her saying to me to just write to this salon that um it was like a waxing salon and I really like their branding and she said to me just write to them and say hey you know um we we could do like a little special for your customers and have them have like a complimentary session with me and I remember shaking as I was writing that invitation and you know writing the email to that salon and I hit send (laughs) I think I wanted to just go hide under a blanket and then I get this reply saying, sorry, we don't do joint ventures with other businesses and I took it so personally and my coach had to have me just breathe and read the email again for them to say, for her to point out to me, she's like, Nadira, they're not reject, it's like they don't do joint ventures, it's not about you, but just take the rejection anyway, like you just have to really get used to not rejecting yourself, right? Right? you are going to get rejection in business. Not everybody is your client and not everybody is meant to be your client. If it were like that, um, I don't think you'd have the best time. You need to be able to discern who's a good client for you. And also when you're selling, I feel like it's such a sacred space. It really allows you to trust in the divine and really build that spiritual muscle because your goodness, your provision, it comes from Allah. It comes from God. So it comes through people, though. So we do things in this 3D world of, you know, reaching out to potential clients and people who maybe have been our clients before or people we think, um, you know, we we just I for me, it's just a gut response. I just know when someone like literally even walks by my way of this is a person who is my kind of person. I just know. And then maybe in conversation, it'll just come up as to how I'm meant to help this person. But I literally go into a conversation with no agenda except to just listen and just see like, am I just meant to like connect you with somebody else or am I meant to be in your life as a coach or maybe it's something completely different. Um, But I've gained that muscle, right? That's the arena I've been in, in business. So people would come to me um, when they were really innovative or doing something really really like, yeah, on the edge, (laughs) like edge of consciousness, people aren't used to hearing what they have to say and I I helped those kinds of business owners and I loved it because it meant getting them on the map. It meant that if they they were undercharging I would be in their wings and really help them understand the value that they were bringing to their clients and then they would enroll clients for a year for example when maybe they weren't used to creating programs like that And because they had that stability in their income, then they would be able to like work on a passion project, like a book um, that they were putting out into the world. And they just knew that they had, um, you know, clients that were invested over a period of time, so they didn't have to keep being on a hamster wheel of, oh, like, um, now I haven't marketed or done anything because I've been busy serving these clients. And that's a thing that happens to coaches and service-based professionals, right? Like, you you go on serving the clients you have, and if you don't create space in your schedule to be on top of your marketing, you can let it, you know, be on the back burner, and you're like, oh, I'm out of touch now. I have to come back um, and focus on that um, to receive a new lot of clients once the other one's complete. Or maybe, yeah, you've just retired them because they've got what they needed. And off they go maybe to work on a different piece of uh, business with a completely different person. And so everybody goes through cycles. Um, And so this prosperity piece, the reason I, you know, sort of started on this topic is that I've noticed this in clients where sometimes they're holding on to a toxic work situation. And mostly it's because of the conditioning, maybe an aunt or their dad Uh, someone in their immediate, um, like either family of origin or people who have a lot of influence in their life uh, can really put fear in them about, um, yeah, what's to come. And even though inside this individual knows that this cycle has come to an end they've worked for this company maybe for four to five or six years and it's getting increasingly toxic they know that they can't stand like another week there because it's really impacting their whole being Um, then I have to be that strong one for them and really um, allow them to get honest with themselves as to where these stories are coming from and do they really think that they're not you know going to be able to find something else that's a lot more pleasant um, and enriching to their beingness. And then when you you get yourself out of a toxic environment and you're in an environment that actually soothes your nervous system where you feel at ease because now the work is much more of a match to who you are as a being, Um, then that allows you to start being creative now. It's like, okay, you've got the income for your needs to be met. Now just create some space to work on the passion project work on what's actually important. So I worked with a client once who was a stockbroker and um, she was really into wellness and fitness. And she ended up, um, and again, this is just through conversation, right? When I'm with a client, I know that your next gig is like a conversation away, and all the sales training and everything that I did and the sales coaching actually helps with just regular conversation and relationships because it's the same thing, right? Your success in life, really, it's about outreach and the the relationships you have and communication, um, and so all of those sales skills kind of help me with that. And so I just told her, I'm like, well, who's coming into your awareness right now? Like, can you think of a person that as we speak about this? You know, new trajectory you're going in. And she had this name pop up and it was literally having this conversation and this coffee with one person. And then that led to this other gig. And now she's like the operations manager of um, the series of um, like studios uh, in her country. So, you know, like it can be that easy, but you have to have a slit of like an opening that this is possible, right? And I help and assist clients with strategy, Um, I can usually see the big picture I'm listening for the you know all these places inside of them where things aren't aligned aren't congruent it's like I know they're saying one thing but inside they're feeling something completely different and I said "No, no 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 no, I don't believe that I don't believe what you just said and you know that's confronting but it's like it's done with love so it's not like they get mad at me they know that they've hired me to do that right Um, and it's that getting honest with yourself. So as long as you gift yourself space to get honest about these things in your life that aren't quite working or are sucking the life force out of you, um, and are preventing you from like really thriving, um, you've got to do that first, that inventory, right? Like really look at like what's here and then we can get strategic about, okay, how can we move you into the thing that you want? Now, for some, it's like too big a leap to think, oh, I'm going to start my own business. But sometimes it's just like a lateral shift into a different role uh, in a different industry. And it can happen so easily um, that for me, like I've done this so many times, like my certainty in the process, like knowing that it's going to work is there big time, right? And my coach used to say, what if my coaches up?" Uh, You know, he would say, like, borrow your coach's belief, even if you don't 100 percent believe right now. And then that allows, you know, that pulling through uh, to jump to the other side to make that leap uh, over this precipice where like you don't know if it's going to work or not. And you just have to trust and take the next step, take the next step. And it does work out usually 80%, 90% of the time. Um, And if it doesn't, that was still divine. And it was still part of God's plan for you that you learned something from that process that's going to spur you on to your next thing. So um, yeah, I just wanted to leave you with that. So I want you to ponder like what is it that's going on inside of me when it comes to prosperity? Do I really believe that I can do what I love? and get paid for it? Or are there a lot of beliefs in there uh, that's stopping me from thinking that I can do that? And if that's the case, you need to start spending time with people who are making money, doing what they love, read the books, um, listen to the podcasts, um, look at other people who've done it. There's always someone who's done what you probably are having an eye on or dreaming of doing. And you, you know, like there's a set path, Um, to some of these businesses, but the way you do it will be very much like an individual journey because we're all different uh, and you'll lean into different strengths um, to bring out whatever's unique into the marketplace, whether it's a book, um, whether it's a cookie (laughs) product um, or a baby or creation or uh, some sort of thing, whether it's a house or a home that you're building, whatever whatever that is. So I hope that Um, kind of gives you something to ponder this week. Um, I will meet you next week, um, God willing, around this time. Looks like my Thursday nights have become now Friday afternoons Uh, for doing the podcast. It's just something, yeah, my week, the the rhythm has changed. So I'm feeling more like I can do it on a Friday now. And not Thursdays like I used to uh, so if, if this is resonating for you and you want someone in your corner, I do offer a monthly intensive, which is three sessions with me and unlimited voice memo support. It's so affordable. Um, and the women who've done it, like they really, really appreciate it and love it. And, uh, you know, they're making big shifts and moves and we really get in like, <laughs> we're going underground guys. We're, we're going in and looking at all those places where you haven't been able to go there on your own. But with help and with someone by your side, we can navigate those places because there's a lot of stuck energy there that we have to release. And when we release that energy, then we have something to play with, and then that energy gets uh, used to create something new, inshallah, God willing. All right, I love you all. Have a lovely rest of your week. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Naderah in the host of. The your truth is calling podcast if this moved you in any way i'd love you to share it with a friend or a colleague and yeah let me know on instagram at nathara razak how this is going for you and reach out if you have any questions